Hi there. Welcome back to the Purpose Map Podcast. This is Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. Before I get into introducing today's guest, I want to let you know that we just wrapped up our 2023 cohort of the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training, and it was an epic success. Really, really beautiful group of people who created some incredible transformations throughout the nine months that we had together. And we will be opening up the doors for early enrollment soon, December 2023, for the 2024 round. So if this has been on your radar, stay tuned to get on the wait list so that you can be the first to know. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Rebecca Wiener-McGregor, who is the anxiety eraser and is a transformational hypnotist. She has served over 3,000 individuals in her 20 years of practice. Her clients have experienced results in all areas of the purpose map. If you recall, the purpose map consists of four components, health, wealth, relationships, and purpose. She's literally helped people through hypnosis to find partnership, to sell their businesses for seven or eight figures, and literally clear warts from their bodies. I had the beautiful opportunity to sit down with Rebecca to talk about the power of celebration, our individual experiences with hypnosis, and some of the results that this transformational tool has created for each of us. So she jumps right in at the start of this episode with her own personal introduction. So I'll let you get to know her now. My job is that I'm a transformational hypnotist. I'm a trauma healer and an abundance coach. And um, I'm the anxiety eraser. And I love helping people to peel back all the stories and the beliefs that aren't beneficial to them so that they can march with clarity and joy and excitement and without resistance right into their vision. Mm. I love that. Thank you. I have, I have kind of a weird question for you based on what you just shared. Yeah. What role do you think clarity plays in bringing into reality what people want? Mm. Is it necessary? Do you need to be absolutely clear to make real your vision? I think there is a certain amount of clarity and certainty that in combination makes things come into view. Mm. That feels true. I think I asked that question because I think clarity, desiring clarity, perfect clarity can be a mm. real resistance in and of itself can be a roadblocker to people taking action in the direction of their dreams, yeah. you know, and I'm curious what you see comes up with your clients, maybe before you do your anxiety erasing and uh, hypnotist magic, <laughs> what comes up with them that you see gets in the way of their big vision? You said it already, and it's perfectionism. You mm. said perfect clarity. Mm -hmm. And clarity, as we're releasing our old beliefs, our old identities, the things that no longer serve us, clarity is an unfolding. Mm. And it becomes, things become more clear the more you move in the direction of what you want. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Let me say that again. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, we, we live in this age where this there, you know, 
it can always do better. I don't give anybody a five out of five on their evaluation because there's always room for improvement. And I know lots of visionary women who have been tearing themselves up in that space between that four and that five, wanting to go the extra mile, be the extra perfect, do the make things so much better for themselves, or there's always room for improvement. So are we, if we're always striving, if we're always pushing, if we're always chasing, then we're not in the space of receiving. Mm. Whoa. Say that again. If, if we're striving, chasing, pushing, we're not in the space of receiving. It's almost like there are two different directions, right? We recognize them as masculine and feminine energy, but they are almost like when you are, this is how I think of it for myself. So let me know if this resonates for you. When I'm chasing something, it's almost like I've turned my back on the possibility that I can mm -hmm. receive it with. Wow. Ease. An example of this, uh, just to demonstrate how this really resonates with me right now, mm -hmm. something epic has shifted in a bigger way than ever for me since my dad passed and the best way that I can describe it is going from seeking to having, mm. I just got a wave of chills when I said that. Yep. I've also mentioned before that my dreams are coming true in the wake of his passing. Mm -hmm. And in many ways I seek for nothing. I feel like in many ways I am more present than I've ever been. I am less armored than I've ever been in my heart. I need for nothing. And my desires or my vision, it comes to me and I trust it. Right. <laughs> you know, it comes to me and I trust it and I throw some expansion on it. And I don't have a need for it in order to feel any certain way. Mm. It's and I, yeah, I feel like that's exactly it. And, you know, we were talking before we hit record when I was telling you that like, everything's happening. You're like, yeah, an overnight success, <laughs> you know, right. the, the myth of the overnight success. Mm -hmm. When I think about it, the path to getting to that place, uh, was rich with some sort of work, right. uh, including working with you, including hypnosis, including mm -hmm. working with various practitioners, including like looking at myself, including looking at my traumas and, I also know that within myself, I have been perfectionistic about that process and put myself on a hamster wheel of healing, right. which I think is a, a thing in and of itself that can keep us stuck is like Absolutely. constantly being on the hamster wheel of healing. Mm -hmm. And so the discernment around like what inner work is supportive for me and what is actually creating deeper resistance right. is a really important question. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious what comes up for you when you hear that. I feel like maybe you have your own experience of that either personally or with the clients that you serve. Yes. It's both. And yeah, because we become seekers trying to get to the next level, trying to do get to that vision that we have inside of us. And we learn of all the things that we can do to help us get there. And not every tool is meant for every person. Mm-hmm not, you don't have to do everything. 
to get to the next level. You just need to do what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And a, that seeking, that getting on the hamster wheel of seeking is really furthering that perfectionism, right? Like I have to have zero resistance. I have to have, I have to bust through all my limits now. I can't, I'm going to do all my growth right now. So when I get to that other place, then I'll be settled and it'll be fine. And I'll have everything I want. And, but that is really operating on the idea that your imagination won't expand. Mm, Whoa. And that you won't grow and become the next version of yourself who wants something different, who wants something more, who wants something greater. And that can awaken different beliefs, different stories, different programs. We are designed for growth. We're not designed to understand everything always at the same time right now. (laughs) Like we get to enjoy where we are. And I think a key piece of that, which is so simple, is celebrating how far you've come. That word celebration has been coming to me over and over again as you've been talking about that. And I'm specifically having a vision of us meeting outside at that picnic table in South Dakota. (laughs) You know, there are a number of factors at play there that led to us meeting outside the C word. Um, (laughs) And um, me like dancing around, leaping around like a little, I don't know, deer through the woods in celebration of that moment. The moment of like meeting you, but also this feeling of like freedom inside of myself, freedom from a very specific trauma that you and I were looking at together and using various tools to, to, to help me period, you know? And I think that like that trip for me was a celebration and being with you and dancing around in utter joy <laughs> was a moment of like pause and and really enjoying the fruits of the labor. Yes. You know, when we play video games, we celebrate the completion of a level. It's true. We don't do that. I mean, women, particularly the transformational leaders and visionaries that I support, like go, go, go next level, next level. It's amazing. Right. And a lot of high achievers have just enough trauma in their lives that the going and the doing and the producing is their perceived value. Mm. Yeah. So slowing down and celebrating feels like frivolous Mm. and the striving feels like, but I'm proving how valuable I am to the world. I'm proving how valuable I am to my family, to myself. And when we give ourselves that space of celebration, I mean, celebrate everything. Celebrate the fact that you let yourself cry for half a day because you had a realization about something and you needed to release all the energy around it. Celebrate truly the completion of one chapter of your book, not just the ending. Mm-hmm. Celebrate the first leg of your trip, your journey, not just the completion of it. We're allowed to have fun. (laughs) We're allowed to delight in our journey. I think that might even be the point. Yes. (laughs) 
she says with question marks right like <laughs> is it even safe to say that that's the point I think that's the point y'all we like are born and then we die and there's this space in between like what are we doing in between exactly. are we just waiting to die right. sorry to be like gruesome but like I don't know that's no. the point that's the yes. point is to live mm-hmm. is to live and dance yeah. under the full moon Oh yeah, after a completion moon. yes in a beautiful space with miraculous views it was amazing. I mean I celebrate everything I celebrate the moon I celebrate the sun the sunrise the sunset I celebrate the silly the ridiculous and I fully am on board with celebrating every single thing in your yeah. life yeah for its own sake like for yes. the sake of its own awe and wonder and gratitude and like the bonus thing is that that state of being being in awe and wonder and gratitude is Mm -hmm. magnetic too to the the next things that want to come to you you know yes the next delight yeah 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 I'm feeling called to mention I think because you were speaking about visionary women Mm -hmm. um, with just enough trauma to keep them going, 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 and maybe forgetting to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And I am just noticing more and more, especially given that my one-on-one clients right now are all men, very successful men. Yeah. They're in that loop in an even deeper way, maybe, or the same way. And so I guess I'm just feeling called to, to, put energy towards the men too, who have been extraordinarily successful, maybe from a place of trauma and seeking validation and self-worth and um, a feeling of belonging in the world through that success. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I think successful men can feel extremely lonely on their path, extremely misunderstood and devalued. Mm-hmm. on their path to their vision as well. Yeah. So I'm glad that you are speaking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious if you could share a little bit more about your story. There's sort of two parts that I'd love to hear. And so okay. you can choose your own adventure. Um, <laughs> since we're speaking of like levels and celebration and chapters, there are two parts of your story that I'm aware of that I think would be incredible for others to hear who would listen to this podcast. One part is your relationship with anxiety and Mm. how hypnosis and whatever else you were doing at that time in your life really helped you with erasing anxiety and Mm. why you give a shit about being the anxiety eraser um, for visionary humans. So there's like that part. And then I'd also love to hear like, what is the biggest vision that you feel you've like lived into or called into your life? Like, what are you most proud of? And maybe those things go hand in hand. Maybe that's why I'm asking them together or maybe they're separate, but tell me where you'd like to start. Let's start with the three years I hid in my apartment Mm. and avoided doing anything fun with people and that I would go to work and I would come back home and I wouldn't go anywhere unless I had someone there with me, like a safety or a Sherpa to, to guide the way, because I was so scared. And of course it's irrational. Like many people can recognize anxiety is not rational fear. It's not 
appropriate fear, right? The places I were go- I was going to or wanted to go or was avoiding um, were not dangerous to me. So there was no appropriate anxiety. You know, we have times where anxiety is appropriate when we're, you know, almost in an accident or something like that and the feeling comes up or whatever. There was no safety concerns for me. And I was grieving a crappy relationship and I didn't, I was avoiding the potential of falling in love and uh, falling into an actual real commitment because that was scary too. Mm -hmm. So, and I wasn't happy in my jobs. There were a lot of factors keeping me in this, in this place where I didn't even realize it was called anxiety. I was so, this was 20 years ago. And so for these, this time frame, I had been hiding out and I just thought that I was, you know, I just thought I was an introvert. I just thought that, you know, this is the way my life is because I'm single and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I was at this job that I could not stand from the very first day. I'm sorry. I loved all my coworkers, most of them. Um, And I had a really great friend at that job and he knew my background in health psychology and um, psychoneural immunology and all that stuff that I was interested in. And uh, he said, I really think that hypnosis could be something that could be really spectacular for you could help a lot of people was the line he always used with me. You could help a lot of people. And I'm a natural leader. I'm a natural captain. I'm a natural guide. So he could see that in me. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, Because that going to that training and doing the work there helped me peel back the layers of the experiences that I had had in my life that were telling me that this was the best it could be. That this is what I had to settle for. That this is, this is how it's going to be now. And peeling back those layers meant for me that I was acknowledging the experiences. I was acknowledging the emotions. I was validating the version of myself that went through those experiences. And I was feeling the feelings about it for the first time in their, in my, in their fullness. And what that did was break the connection between that experience and the physical and emotional behavioral responses I was having. And so when my brain would use those experiences as a reference file for how to respond in the current moment, those events and circumstances were now places of peace and calm and confidence and understanding and self-love and self-trust. I'm getting goosebumps Mm -hmm. remembering this because I remember leaving that training feeling so light and so free and empowered again. And then I wanted to go home and heal the entire world of anxiety. And, um, I started my business immediately and because healing the things took away the anxiety, the anxiety and the fears and the phobias I had were no longer in existence because they were symptoms of the unvalidated feelings, the unfelt emotions. 
Mm-hmm. So it just disappeared. There was anger. I was a real angry girl. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. When I felt all the feelings, because sadness, anger, and fear are usually woven together so nicely. But when we feel each of those layers of feelings, the outcome, the anxiety is no longer there. It just dissolves. Wow. Yeah. I love that that person that you worked with saw your leadership energy. Mm-hmm. It's just so obvious, your leadership energy, your presence, you have this like capacity to hold people in the safest space possible. So I'm so glad that this person saw that in you. And then you. also said you could heal a lot of people with this. Yeah. It feels like that that gave me chills when you first said it, because it feels like that seed planted that you then have continued to live into for two decades. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Wow. And I worked now with almost 3000 people individually in that time. Wow. And they tell me their ripples have expanded because who they are then when they go home to their families is different and how they parent and how they partner and how they work in their profession and how they live in their community and participate in their, uh, you know, spiritual communities or religious communities or leadership communities has shifted so greatly that everybody feels whether they know it or not, the ripple of this new energy that they carry. Well, I can say just from personal experience that my relationship with men was completely different after we worked together. Mm. I no longer would walk by a group of men and feel a nervous system reaction in my body. Mm, I could easily look, look a group of men in the eye, or if I walked down the street and someone gave me a compliment, like, or even like cat called me on the street, I no longer had a response of like, Oh, you jerk. It was like, I I'd look them in the eye and say, thank you. Because it didn't impact my body at all. It didn't right. like hook into some trauma connected to men. Which and actually keeps you safer, by the way. Yeah. Because you're not pulled out of the present moment. Exactly. Please I just continue kept, with what you're going to say. Well, I would just keep walking down the street with a smile on my face. I actually could receive, yeah. you know, I use the word cat call. That's probably not the right word. A compliment right. from a man about how I looked, who I didn't know walking down the street. I right. could look him in the eye and say, thank you and receive maybe the blessing of what that is. Like I'm a beautiful woman and I was just seen for being a beautiful woman. Thank you. Yes whoa, like I'm even imagining maybe women listening to this with like a a weird look on their face, (laughs) an appropriate look on their face because of their previous trauma being like, you know, because we've turned compliments into something to be scared about. Whoa. Isn't that the truth? Right. Mm -hmm. And like that person who I said, thank you to received my thanks and went on with his day. I wasn't attacked on the street. There was nothing to fear in my body because the trauma had been healed. The trauma around abuse by men, you know? And I just think about the ripple of that. I think about the way that I serve my male clients. Yes. There's a deeper safety and a deeper trust and I can help them more because I'm not projecting onto them a trauma toward men, which I think there's a huge problem in the world you know, men and women having a hard time 
working together. And like, I want to validate, of course, a woman's experience, right? That reaction is completely natural given whatever you've experienced. Right. And is it the highest vibration of how we can work together if we're scared of each other? Like, I just think about that alone and the impact of that alone, not to mention then attracting love in my life in a deep and meaningful and joyous and beautiful way. After doing the work with you, Rebecca, and I did other work too, right? I did other work. Mm -hmm. I only saw really beautiful, empowered men. It's like suddenly I stopped attracting all these experiences of being scared around men or being like, oh, there's no good men in the world as a single woman. It's like, oh, wow, I'm meeting so many good men. What a gift. What a difference in energy. Absolutely. Absolutely a difference. And I want to speak to something that you said about leaders and transformational leaders and healers and practitioners working with people that they're afraid of. How much judgment does that bring into the room? Mm -hmm. And I operate in my work, especially especially from a place of non-judgment. No one ever has to defend themselves to me about what they've done, who they've been, who they've been with, what choices they've made. Because when they come to a space with me, we're there for the healing. We're not there for the judgment. Mm -hmm. And when we carry that into a session, into an experience with someone, we carry the judgment, we carry the fear. Judgment is right there. Judgment is a product of fear. So we can't be afraid of the people that we want to serve. We have to ideally deal with whatever has caused the judgment, whatever has caused the fear. So the judgment can dissolve as well because the judgment is a symptom. Yeah. And what if, you know, when I think about the opposite of judgment, non-judgment to me, non-judgment floats in the space of unconditional love versus conditional love. Right. To me, non-judgment is of a higher uh, consciousness, higher vibration, like just walking around in the world with a lower level of judgment Mm -hmm. heals without having to be a healing practitioner or a transformational leader or anything. You like, you completely show up from a different vibration right? when fear and judgment are transformed. It's a conscious choice to detach from being offended, (laughs) period. Yeah. And it's a powerful place to be, to make decisions, to heal the things that cause you to be offended because it is pulling you out of the place where you can celebrate. It's pulling you out of your present with all of the gifts that you already have, all of the gifts that you're already receiving all of the good that you're doing, all of the ripples that you're making, all of the leadership that you're sharing, all of the things that you're creating. Yeah. The connections you're making every bit of it. So you're helping people shift their brains from a place of scarcity to abundance. Yes. Right. If fear yes. and judgment live in scarcity and keep us out of gratitude and awe, Mm -hmm. And you transform that people get to live in gratitude and awe and abundance mindset. Wow. Hmm. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious why then your clients dreams come true. Yeah. They allow them. There's not the story telling them they can't have it. There's not the story telling them that this level of joy, love, trust, success is meant for other people. 
There's not the story saying that they weren't brought up in the right family or the right culture or the right time that they can't have what they want. Those stories dissolve and then they get to decide what beliefs make sense for them, what beliefs that they can choose to believe because it can be a choice to believe something that's more beneficial to believe that there are many solutions, infinite solutions to our problems, many ways to look at things. What else could possibly be true in this situation that I could move myself closer to this opportunity, this desire, this deep, deep desire and this huge vision that I have. Mm-hmm. And every time we allow ourselves to take a step, we're closer. Every time we stop ourselves from taking that step, we're further because time continues to pass. Makes perfect sense to me when you say it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm realizing it's taken us, you know, 30 minutes or so to get to this question about like what hypnosis even is. I'm imagining the person who's thinking about someone getting up on stage and like that kind of like performative hypnosis. And I feel like it's very different working one-on-one with you and using the tools of hypnosis. Um, Could you walk us through what that process looks like? Yeah, absolutely. When we've made the decision to work together, uh, we come together and it's really sweet and special that we get to focus entirely on you and your goal and your vision. And I ask you questions about your life, what has happened, what you believe contributes to the way to where you are right now. And I ask you lots of details about where you want to go so we can fill in the gap. And when we get into a state of hypnosis, it's really just the other side of a progressive relaxation and focusing your mind. It's not how it's sometimes seen in movies or comedy shows where the person's head falls down and they're falling asleep or look like they're falling asleep. That is a version of it that is done for entertainment, but you're still in your awareness. You still have your complete power of choice. You still have your discernment. You still have your observer self well with you. And we are in different states of hypnosis all the time. So it's really just a breath away. It's not a place that you have to go, a place that you have to make sure you are in order for this to work. If you work with someone who is an expert in it, they'll guide you intuitively and you'll be in this perfect state. It doesn't have to be super deep. It can be really a, even a light state of hypnosis can allow for massive transformation because I've worked with people dealing with panic and anxiety for so long. The, um, the level that we get to is really a light state of hypnosis where people feel incredibly safe. They've made it a safe place for them to go. And we use the cues from your physical body to get to the experiences that need to be healed. So if you're dealing with anxiety and there is heart palpitation present or tension, or some people say it feels like an elephant on my chest, or I get lots of headaches or whatever, we use those cues as a way to connect with past experiences where you felt those feelings. 
And then as we talked about before, we honor the feelings, we acknowledge the feelings, we feel the feelings, and it neutralizes the experience. It neutralizes what's happening in the body. As the feelings are felt, they don't need to scream anymore. They can calm down and allow you to see the wisdom of that experience, to love yourself in that experience, to release judgment, to release blame and guilt, doubt and shame and all of that and leave it behind. Take the wisdom from that experience. Take the version of yourself that you were and bring it into the present and enjoy communicating with them and allowing them to see how far you've come, which is incredibly powerful as well. And then we do lots of compound suggestion with visualization to really anchor in all of those feelings that you want to feel, the ways of being that you want to feel, the beliefs that you want to have. Mm. And we even can communicate with your future self and get the wisdom from them to help guide you into your next steps, your next metamorphosis. Yeah. I didn't realize until after we worked together, as soon as we started working together, how I'm like, whoa, this is very, very similar to what I do with clients. I just call it embodiment. Right. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like a gentle process of relaxing the body and turning inward and going into sensation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm coaching someone from an embodied state, I'm asking questions about that sensation. It usually brings up other sensations, memories, Mm -hmm. visions, sights, sounds, And there's like a process of gently feeling the feelings in the body to come to a space of resolution or wisdom or what have you. And I think the subtle difference is there's very, with hypnosis, very specific language, especially as you enter into the hypnotic state. But Mm -hmm. when you said that we're in hypnotic states, versions of hypnotic states all the time, Um, I've had this recognition that like, wow, when I'm guiding clients, I'm, I'm changing the state of their brain to also be more receptive to new, uh, wisdom or new ways of being. So I think that it's really interesting and like hypnosis, isn't that much different from a guided meditation, mindfulness embodiment practice. And so for, you know, the person listening, who's maybe more familiar with my work that that is around like body awareness as a foundation Mm -hmm. hypnosis is a really natural um, tool to explore um, especially if you have some of that experience like going into your body and feeling sensation and even if you don't like for many people embodiment is a brand new practice uh, absolutely even though as a child you we're very embodied naturally, but I think as an adult coming back to an embodied state or tuning into body sensation can feel um, scary at first, or just like you're entering into unknown territory. I think the key is doing these practices in the presence of uh, a loving person, a safe person in a safe space, in a safe environment. It's amazing to me how just that, like when you were talking earlier about non-judgment, if mm-hmm. you didn't do any hypnosis and you just like were in a space with someone that you filled with unconditional love yep. and you held them without judgment, they would heal. Yep. Like it's that simple in yeah. many ways. And then you mm-hmm. take it deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. 
It's the yeah. best job ever. Yeah. I told, I'm still in love with it as much as I was that first day, the first yeah. feelings. Yeah. And I love that you have 20 years behind you, you know, yeah. I think in a world of, um, you know, transformational guides, of course, there are folks who are new to the industry who are powerful and intuitive and can create change. Like, I really yes. want to speak to the person who's maybe entering into this space as a, a guide that yes. you have your unique genius and you have your power and yes. your newness might bring a different element of genius than someone innovation. Who- innovation yes. than mm-hmm. someone who has been at the practice for 20 years. Right. And there's something to be said for experience, longevity, right. you know, like yep. even your passion and care, it's like, that's longstanding for you, mm-hmm. um, Rebecca. And I feel like that has an extra power to it. Thank so, you. yeah, I'm curious to ask over those 20 years, if you could just like riff on some of the results or outcomes that you have been most proud of co-creating with your clients? Oh my gosh. The amount of, (laughs) the amount of healing that has happened that has led to relationships and marriages and babies and all of that wonderful stuff. I've been a part of people's eggs being transplanted during, um, or, uh, ovums being transplanted during, um, IVF and that resulting in beautiful babies. I've been at weddings of my clients after they had to get over their trust issues to deepen their connection, to allow themselves to be fully loved by their partner and to fully trust themselves in a relationship. Um, I've helped people heal from psychosomatic seizures that were brought on by panic and anxiety. Um, I have helped people dissolve warts on their body. What? Yep. It's fantastic. Um, I have helped people um, grow their businesses because of releasing old identities and old beliefs and selling those businesses for seven, six, seven, eight figures. I have been a part of so much generational healing around, um, sexual trauma and stopping the, um, physical violence in families because of healing the old angers, healing the old stories. Um, I have, reunited families. I have helped people. Um, and all, as you were saying earlier, this is all a co-creation. I've been a part of this. So I've been a witness to this magic, right? I have seen, um, mothers, mothers and children who are estranged. The child just calls out of the blue to reconnect with the parent Wow! and, um, that they hadn't spoken to in years. And were you working with the parent or the child? I was working with the parent. 
Wow. Gosh, that amazes me how, mm-hmm. and it, and I've witnessed that over and over in my own life. It ha- it just happens like this. It's almost like through some magical force in the universe. Yeah. And, and also it makes sense. Like right. you work on yourself and then people start approaching you mm-hmm. in a different way than has ever been done before. That's yes. brilliant. And if we're looking at the collective subconscious, every time we heal our own subconscious, it heals the collective. Mm-hmm. And that influences everyone that is a part of our lives, everyone who's in our sphere or has been in our sphere. So people have reconnected with old friends and had lots of healing after betrayal. Um, they have built really powerful standards for themselves. So they don't have to be on the defense with boundaries anymore. And they were able to leave relationships that were no longer serving. I mean, I've been on every side of all of this and the power of healing transforms the person. And then it helps them to make decisions about what they want next. What's serving them now from a healthy empowered place rather than the scarcity or the fear they're making decisions from love and discernment and their values and their standards and that is a completely different energy Mm. I could talk about this for weeks yes I I know (laughs) I know I know I'm so glad I asked that question there's a part of me that's like what else I know there's more I know there's There's, more I know there's more there's so much more (laughs) I mean I've I've helped people to release, um, UTIs, chronic UTIs. I've helped people to, um, release inflammation in their body from, um, autoimmune situations. I've helped people regulate their blood sugar. I've helped people regulate their blood pressure. So many amazing things that happen as a result of healing the past and healing our beliefs about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. This, the name of this podcast, the purpose map is it's named after a framework that I, um, basically downloaded in a vision on a bike ride. It's called the purpose map framework and in it, it shows the relationship. Uh, if you imagine health, wealth, and relationships as Mm -hmm. like three points on a triangle, how, when we set goals in these areas, um, through, traditional, maybe conventional ways. Sometimes there can be like a hyper focus on just health or just wealth or just relationships in, in a silo. And we sometimes forget that they're all connected, you know, like if I change something in my health or my body, it's going to impact my capacity to earn money, to be fulfilled at work, to like connect with a loved one that's connected. But then the thing that I realized was missing is right in the middle, I call it purpose, but it's really about like, who are you and what are you really here for? And, and when we focus on the middle part, we can impact all three areas all at once. And also when we have a trauma or a constriction in the body in any one area of health, wealth relationships, that body sensation is the gateway into a transformational process that connects you back to the middle of knowing who you are and what the hell you're here for. 
Yes. And when I hear you talk about your journey, I can see it layered on the purpose map. You're focusing on the center. You're helping people heal their past anxieties, their past belief systems, their traumas, the things that like kink up the clarity of who they are and what they're really here for. And when they become more whole, more authentic, less fragmented, more embodied, because yes. that is the process too of healing is, is yes. you no longer need disembodiment as a safety mechanism. You mm-hmm. don't need to choose that as much. You can be here now in the present moment, feeling your feelings in a safe way. And when that happens, results occur in all three areas. So what you just described, what I heard you say is people grew and sold their businesses for millions, if not billions of dollars. That's Mm -hmm. the wealth area. People healed inflammation, even dissolved warts off their bodies. That's the health area. People fell in love or got out of relationships or got married or reconnected with their estranged children. That's the relationship side. And I guess I want to just like, amplify that for you specifically, Rebecca, and also for all practitioners like us mm-hmm. who are doing this deeper work of focusing on the self and self-discovery and digging into the process of creating wholeness in one's being and in one's yes. energy. And for anyone who still thinks that that's fluffy, have you heard <laughs> the results that that creates? Right. Have you heard how impactful it is rather than just setting a smart goal or hiring someone to tell you what to do in your business? Right. Like, I hope, I hope that's landing. I hope yeah. that's landing. Like what actually happens when you work with a transformational leader who can hold you in an unconditionally loving space and not judge a single thing about you, All you get response. to have everything you've ever dreamed of and then more. Mm-hmm. beyond your wildest dreams. Yes. And you and I are living embodiments of that ongoing process. And, you know, I think about Rebecca, when we first met, when we first connected, like just personally one-on-one after that group call, I asked you so many questions about your relationship with your incredible partner, Joel. Yeah. And as you spoke about him and gushed over him and showed me a picture of him and you were just <laughs> like this, like, brilliant, delightful bubble of excitement around your relationship. And I was like, huh, I don't have that many models of that type of relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is what I want and more. Yeah. And that is so impactful too. Just like being someone who holds a standard for how good it can be. And then it gets better and then it gets better and then it gets better. Like that changes the world. And so Rebecca, like you've been that for me, you've helped me um, when, when others tell me my standards are too high or I'm too perfectionistic, you've Mm. like easily and effortlessly and without any question been like, uh, no, just wait for what you're looking for. And it's coming. Yeah. You don't have to wait long and live in the, in the meantime and enjoy your life, you know? And be present and like make each moment as magical as possible, you know, dance every opportunity you get, celebrate. So I just think that's magical. And I think for, you know, the person listening, it's like, wow, you can have that. And you do already. You have an impact no matter what. You have an impact on others in your life, no matter what. What kind of impact do you want to have? Yes, yes. And to what extent? And do you realize how much your beingness and your embodiment impacts 
the energy of everyone and every person you come by. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm speaking to you. Who's listening. I'm speaking to you, Rebecca. I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. All of us need to hear this and be reminded of this. There are people being inspired by you who you will never meet. Mm -hmm. Well, some woman told me when she came to work with me that I've been on her vision board to work with. I didn't even know her until she walked in my office. Wow. Back when I had an office. Yeah. There wow. are people watching you and being inspired by you and seeing you and your greatness. And you'll never even know them. And they're mm -hmm. impacting people because of things that you've done that they've felt that then they have shared and continued the ripple. Yeah. It's incredibly powerful. Yep. Don't forget that. No. I remember the first time that um, obviously I was a dietitian for many years and then I, I evolved and started doing other work. And when right at the moment where my work changed, where I evolved beyond supporting people with food, I received an email from a woman who was a professor at a university. And the email just said like, hi, Casey, you probably have no idea who I am. And I want you to know that I've spent hours with you. I've watched your videos while doing laundry. I've listened to your voice while getting ready for work. And I just want you to know that I haven't paid you a dime and my relationship with my body and food has completely changed. And now think about this. Mm -hmm. This one woman is a professor at a university. She is in a leadership role, guiding a younger generation into new awarenesses. Imagine wow. the impact that she has when she's feeling... Um, stuck in her relationship with her body and food, not feeling confident. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if the subject subject area that she's teaching is connected to that at all. It's like, how is she showing up? Yep. How she's delivering it, how she's delivering it mm -hmm. when she's feeling insecure versus owning her body in front of a room, Yes, you know? And I, I made a promise to myself when I received that email and, you know, for you listening, we love hearing the impact that we have, because sometimes in our, in our entrepreneurial journey, we have these lows where it's like, am I really making a difference? You know, like, right. obviously you and I see these beautiful results all the time. And there are moments where it's like, it's a lot of commitment to do what we do. And I just oh, remember yeah. that that one email was like, okay, I'm going to remember anytime that I'm like having a, a challenging moment on this path that I don't see the impact that I have. I'm right. not even close. And that there are people watching, witnessing, receiving from me who I will never hear from. Yep. And, and it's, it's like, that's, it's extra worth it. It's extra mm -hmm. worth it to show up for the sake of showing up, you know, right. when it's an aligned purpose-driven path. Um, and we're in this because we want to help people and so it, it helps to, to know that there's that um, support that's being offered, even when there's no, you know, feedback around that support. Right. You can look at, um, this is just a kind of a side example, but you can look at your social media and, you know, there's the engagement versus impressions, mm -hmm. you know, people who will engage like, <clears throat> excuse me people who will engage with something and they will actually acknowledge that they've seen it. 
they'll click the like button or whatever, but there are so many people who see it have an impact, have a shift, have a new awareness who will never push the button. Mm -hmm. They'll never, you know, put a comment on it or a reaction. And the same is true with your life. There are people who will tell you you've made a difference in my life. And there are exponentially more people that will witness you make a change in their life, make a ripple that you will never hear from. Mm-hmm. We get to remember that and how, how we deliver that. And when we feel it in our, and we, when we feel our most empowered, the message is so much stronger and so much more magnetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Rebecca, I'm feeling the call to start to wrap up. And I also yeah. feel like there is a question I didn't ask you mm. that maybe you wished I had because you have a, a final truth bomb to drop before mm. I ask you, you know, where people can find you and all of that. What haven't I asked you that you wish I had? What answer do you feel called to give that is maybe beyond a question that's in my mind right now? The answer to me, the answer I want to share is to look at your life with curiosity and not judgment. Look at it with uh, exploration and look at the data without judging yourself. When you are in a place where you feel you're on the edge of something great and there's some reason you're not there yet. Try not to judge yourself. You're on the brink of a major expansion. You're on the brink of everything that you wanted to this point. You've made it. You've already made it because you're right there. That is not the time to start judging yourself. It's a time to get curious, celebrate how far you've come and be curious with yourself. Look at the data without attaching a right or wrong, bad or good, positive or negative to it and allow yourself to release what no longer serves and to amplify all of that love and divinity inside of yourself. Have fun, please have fun with your journey. Oh yeah. When did we learn that it had to be like hard and grueling and like that, that was the thing to celebrate is how hard you worked. It's like, man, I'm kind of in this mode right now of like, how easy can it be? And how much joy can I bring to what I do? Yes, absolutely. How easy can it be? Because it can be, it is easy. We pull all this emotion into things and the emotion is hard, but the thing is actually easy Mm -hmm. or can be. Beautiful words. Thank you for that. Thank you. Curiosity versus judgment. And I love the idea of looking at the data, the actual data, not your beliefs or stories or views or all the external stuff around the data. Like, can you actually just like look at the data and like imagine seeing it from fresh observer eyes? Yeah. Like what story does that tell versus, you know, all the other, all the other made up experiences or stories about the data right yeah beautiful if someone wants to connect with you and you know tell you how amazing you are and how much they love this (laughs) podcast episode 
or if they want to work with you, how should they best connect with you? They can find me wherever this podcast is being shared on social media, or they can find me at RebeccaWiener.com. I before E, especially in Wiener. (laughs) (laughs) So good. All right. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I love you. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your listenership and you being part of this community. It's time for you to integrate. As always, what one awareness or takeaway can you put in place in your life? What will help to move you to transformation rather than just listening and receiving information? Also, if you love listening to the Purpose Map podcast, we deeply appreciate you leaving a rating and review wherever you listen in from. Your five-star review and your written rating, I got that backwards, five-star rating and written review support us with getting the messages from this podcast into the ears of exactly the right people. Thank you so very much. I hope you have a gorgeous day.